Becky, look at her banner. It's beauty, bitch. Warning, this show contains adult content, strong language, mature themes, discussions of sexuality, politics, triggers, and <gasps> feminism. Listener discretion and or earphones are advised. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Bitch Explaining on 1-2 Radio. I am Kelly McLean, your bitchtress of ceremonies, glitterella, priestess of sweary spirituality, and other things. It's It's been a long week. I don't remember all my titles, so we'll just go with that for now. I am here to guide you through a weekly weird conversation about some cool astrology this week. Um, so get a beverage. If it, you're on the East Coast, it's 10 p.m. Here on the West Coast, it's only 7 so if you're listening while you try to go to sleep, I'm sorry about tonight's topic, which is serial killers. <laughs> but if you're on the West Coast, you have some time to purge your brain before you go to sleep. So grab a glass of wine and, and geek out with us. Um, it is September 10th, and um, we are live. If you are not listening live, you're listening to a replay or on the podcast or whatever. Thank you and glitter upon you. And that's where I do some hand gesture that looks somehow priestly and gay at the same time. You can chat with us while we do this live show. So um, to do that, go to 12radio.com, click on the chat button on the left, and then you will be redirected to the Facebook group, request to be added if you've not been there before, and look for my black and yellow banner and say, hey, bitch. So I'm just going to jump right in because I was looking at some old show notes getting ready for this show because this show has a lot of notes. And uh, yeah, I used to do like the news when there was news. Now it's all the same shit every day. (laughs) (laughs) We're just in this crazy groundhog day. I used to have like segments and now I don't really have segments, but I think I'll get back to that at some point, probably after the election when there's things to report. Um. But tonight we are going strictly nerdy in the dark side with the one two radio mistress of mysteries, Ms. Raven. Wow, that's a mouthful. Yes. I, I love that title. Myself. Thank you. <laughs> mistress of mysteries, Ms. Raven. Yay. Thank you for yeah. being here. Oh, thank you for inviting me. This is fun. Yeah. So what time is it by you? Nine? Nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you're a night owl. Some of my guests have to, like, you know, stretch it to stay up late, but not you. Oh, no. No, no. Not at all. (laughs) Raven does a lot of research for her show. I was on her show yesterday, and um, we did the same topic, but um, with a slightly different um, angle. And, man, we we could talk about this for a long time. What were some of the... Why don't you bring us up to speed from what we talked about yesterday? What were some of the like highlights and takeaways from yesterday's show on serial killers on um, your show? Let's see. We talked about some of the, um, um, I started to get us off topic when I started talking about the spirituality of it. Like, <laughs> would come in and, and say, I want to be a serial killer in this life and chart something like that. Oh, it's really interesting though. Yeah. You know? And then, well, yeah, that gets into soul contracts and why you would choose such a thing. And, yeah, that's a whole other. Yeah. It's interesting, though. That was a rabbit hole I got stuck down like four nights ago. And it was just, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, it was mm-hmm. a mind spinner for sure. Yeah. Um, but the, the serial killer in that um, there's um, they have a lot of uh, parallels with. Uh, I mean, they all, they all have traumatic childhoods. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a basis. I guess that's right. maybe the triggering point. Of what right. It. There definitely that. seems to be that. Yeah. Um, and everyone, to some extent, can say, can claim a, a traumatic childhood. But with a sure. serial killer, they tend to get stuck in their reptilian brain. Right. And everyone has a reptilian brain. And well, the reptilian brain is the, the most evolutionary, evolutionarily ancient part of the human brain where we have fight or flight and just basic instinct, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And your basic survival skills. So you need right. it, but that part of the brain does not have any empathy or right. sympathy. Right. Or a, it is total, totally about the self and survival of the self. Right. And to hell with everybody else. Right. Um, the mammalian brain is the limbic system portion of the brain where we have more emotions and stuff going on. And then you've got the frontal lobe 
which is where decisions are made, where you have free will, where you can determine right from wrong, which is why teenagers, we talked about why teenagers are stupid because the (laughs) adrenaline center in the brain, which um, I'm not sure which system that's in, but it's deep in the brain is overdeveloped before the frontal lobe catches up. So they've got this, this desire and this thirst for adventure and, you know, thrill seeking, but their frontal lobe, which makes decisions about what's right or wrong, what's safe or not safe is underdeveloped. So they literally don't have fully developed brains. And that's why teenagers are renowned for making bad choices about things. (laughs) Absolutely. So, I mean, that's scientific in my, my words, but, um, yeah, so the psychology of this is really interesting. Um, I, I, I don't even know where to start. So most there's so many serial killers. Raven and I decided to just focus on a few. So I really just looked at, in, and I didn't even look in great depth at, because there's too much, but I really just looked at Ted Bundy, um, Charles Manson, John Wayne Gacy, and Jeffrey Dahmer. And then there's a couple other interesting ones thrown in here, which I'll get to. Um, and the other crazy thing is that all of these men had a charm and charisma. Absolutely. And then and there's I, some, yeah, there's some overlap between the charts and the, mm, the analysis and psychology of these people, serial killers, and the psychology of, say, a cult leader. Charles Manson is a good example. He falls into both. There's that that charisma and charm and that ability to just woo people and charm people into doing your bidding and get this jeffrey dahmer i read where one of the jurors sent him on valentine's day a cupcake with the words i love you written it icing over the top of it how bizarre yeah whoa i love you and then i sentenced him to death the next day you know (laughs) wow (laughs) crazy huh well, I wonder if that's why they, how weird. I, mean, I need to know all about that. That's interesting. He, like he had a whole fan club, I guess. Well, m- many of them do. Um, it's that charisma. Ted Bundy is always the one that gets thrown out, you know, cause we always talk about like the creepy guy who's leery, who's all like, you know, scroungy and seems creepy. I don't know why I'm talking like that, but we always <laughs> talk about that guy. But then you always have to throw the Ted Bundy example in because he was young and attractive and seemed very normal and was just quite the charmer and the ladies' man. Oh, yes. Then there's the hybristophiliacs, which is? Those are the women, the fan club. Right. uh, That can be seen uh, sitting behind the uh, violent men, uh, hoping to get a uh, a smile or something, and, and just shivering with delight at their physical proximity to danger. Um, <laughs> well, yes. so if we're talking about astrology, the groupies, the the murderer groupies, to me, they've got to have a strong eighth house. But there's got to be something else, and I don't, I didn't, I didn't research that, so I don't know. I have a very strong eighth house, and. Other than my interest in the psychology of this, you wouldn't catch me being a groupie for one. Um, So there's definitely something else that I would be curious to know what that other factor is. Um, I'm sure there's probably a daddy issue in there somewhere. I made a mistake. Cliche, but. It wasn't Jeffrey Dahmer. I made a mistake. I stand corrected. I just saw my notes here. It was the oh. Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Oh, the Night Stalker. Is the one who got the cupcake. Sorry about that. You know, the Night Stalker mm-hmm. is one that's particularly awful because he was in my neck of the woods when I was in, he was active when I was, I want to say like junior high. What what years was he active? Do you have that, Andy? I don't have that in front of me, but I. I it was the, the early 80s, I think. Because um, I remember that and I remember being very freaked out about it. Um, oh, really? Because wow. he was he was definitely in my neck of the woods during that time. So, um, yeah, that one, I have some memories of it. It's like when I was little, it's not like I watched a lot of news, but I do remember hearing, you know, a name here and there. Um, Span 1984 hmm? through 1985. Yeah, this so that was a span of crimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. like sixth, seventh grade for me. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, perfect. Um, the perfect age for slumber party. Oh, Yikes. Yeah. Good word. I hated slumber parties. Um, <laughs> I was always a little girl who said, if you put my hands in water, I will kill you when I wake up. <laughs> if I touch- find my bra in the freezer, every single one of you is dead. 
and nobody ever messed with me. I don't know why I didn't have a sense of humor. Well, I have so much Capricorn and that's the kind of kid I was. I mean, I was funny, but I also took things very seriously and like, just don't fuck with my stuff. Like that really was a thing for me. And I swear every single slumber party, I was like, don't mess with my stuff. Like, don't draw my face. Don't freeze my no bra. Swirlies. Huh? No swirlies. Just don't fuck with me. And you know, to this day, if you mess with me when I'm sleeping, I get so pissed. I think, were we joking about this on your show? Oh, it's when you and I were talking about um, psychic gifts and how I think I had, you know, I, I switched yeah. some things off when I was little. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I just is just a no-go for me is you know, like dream travel and doing dream work and doing spiritual work while you're sleeping. I don't even like to dream. Um, I recently started taking some medications that cause me to dream and melatonin does that too. So I stopped taking it, but these are like legit meds. So they cause me to have these ridiculous dreams and I just wake up so I don't know why dreams bother me so much. It's just annoying to me. I don't need more in my head. I've already got <laughs> double air. I'm Aquarius and Gemini. The motherfucking brain never shuts up. I don't need any additional information in there. The subconscious can communicate to me during waking hours or it can shut the hell up. That's the way I feel. So <laughs> I'm closed while I'm sleeping is what I'm getting at. So like, I don't want to deal with like, dead people showing up and wanting help while I'm sleeping. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to travel to another room. No, I want to be left the hell alone in my REM sleep without any dreams. I'm so boring in that way. I, but um, I don't like I'm so weird about my sleep. They're usually nightmares and I don't sleep a lot. And that's yeah. by design. Um, yeah. And so I'm up all night and then I'll just end up passing out sometimes when I don't really want to usually at the computer and people yeah. get very strange emails from me like you know the letter k written you know 24 times yeah your <laughs> your cat emailed me the other day <laughs> I, I, I was all hmm i don't know how to translate this let me get one of my cats what do you guys make of this i'll wake up more tired than when i was before i went to sleep and i'll feel i'll have the weird dreams too and it's almost like i'm in a parallel dimension living out another life you didn't get any rest yeah yeah. Yeah. And I'm just weird about sleep. I don't like, I don't like any of that stuff. I don't know how we got on this topic. Slumber parties, slumber scary parties, stuff. Don't scary fuck with stuff. me while I'm sleeping. Don't Night freeze stuff. my bra. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I didn't do a lot of research about like what these serial killers did or even the years that they were active. We've heard of all four of these guys. We've heard, I don't want to go too deep into the details because it's gross and oogie. What I wanted to get into was just the psychology and the astrology of it, because that to me is very interesting. Yes, it is. Interesting. So um, yesterday, one of the things we covered was the, I think it's surprising, the surprising dominant sun signs among all the serial killers. And there's, you can cheat and Google it. And there's multitudes of graphics on this, just infographics, but if you had to just guess, most people, I think, would guess Scorpio because they have that reputation. Mm -hmm. And you'd be so wrong. <laughs> the, the signs that are, without question, the most um, common among serial killers are the mutable signs. Gemini, Sagittarius, Virgo, and Pisces. In spades, all of them. It is so crazy. Um, and so the mutable signs are very flexible, very adaptable. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other um, stuff that we were talking about regarding mutable signs. Um, let's see. Oh, they can be indecisive and they're kind of chameleon-ish when it comes to um, change and situations, which I think is, is a skill if you're a serial killer, you know, being able to adapt quickly or fit in and all of that. Um, Geminis are sort of, of course, famous for being two-faced, um, having a charming outer persona and like a dark inner thing. Um, I'm a Gemini rising. I might be two-faced, but I think it's shades of dark on both the outside <laughs> I don't know. with like a, a heavy dose of like silver glitter on the whole thing. Um, <laughs> I'm a Gemini moon. Yeah, and same. I, 
Oh, that I have explains never why a... you're such a research nut. Yeah. Like you can't get enough information. Yeah. I'll get lost. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that explains that for me. And hours can go by without, yeah. and it just seems like I've been on the computer 15 minutes, you know, because I have a, a deep thirst for information too, but it's your moon. So for you, it's a, it's more of a need for me. It's, it's constant all day. I'm constantly looking up some random thing. I'm still the little girl with the encyclopedias. Like what's a spleen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's uh, I'm trying to think of a weird capybara like a weird animal name I would look up everything when I was little they we, I my did parents too. my parents moved the encyclopedias into my room because I was in it all the time so now the lovely internet is that for me and I'm constantly looking up something like what year was the um Don't and that's my Gemini Google back then Oh, no. I don't even know. Oh. I'd, I'd probably I'd never be leave psychotic. my psychotic. I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> um, but because it's your moon, that's more of a need for you, like that need for information. Yeah. Um, Virgos are, of course, famous for being pretty meticulous and systematic and, and ritualistic and, you know, maybe a little OCD um, patterns and all of that. Sagittarians are known for being charismatic. They thrive on adventure. They love a thrill. Um, and Pisces, I think, I think where Pisces fall in here, cause that's always surprising. Why would Pisces yeah. be a serial killer? They're supposed to be I empathic. Think they're you know? all, they're ultra empathic, but I think if not equipped with, you know, good parentage and good coping skills, all that feeling has to go somewhere. And if they've, oh. if they've been impacted negatively by their childhood and they don't have a good way to express emotions, then those emotions are going to get very overwhelming and they're going to try to control it somehow. Right. So, um, that that makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought it was very interesting that the mutables got thrown under the bus, so to speak, um, (laughs) for the, um, most common sun sign. And the other thing that I found was, um, a harshly aspected moon, either with Saturn or Mars. And of course, a lot of us have, a harsh aspect or, you know, an afflicted moon is what I would call it. Um, but that in and of itself is not going to create a serial killer. The things that I'm talking about are layered upon each other. So you've got the probably very abusive childhood. You've got mommy issues or daddy issues. Um, it's usually serial killers are usually male and a lot of them have mommy issues and then they go about killing women. Um, uh, an afflicted moon, a lot of activity in the 12th house. You were asking me about this before the show. Yeah. It's not so much about prison with this, um, representation. It's more about, um, Neptune and, and Pisces and all that empathy sort of being overloaded. So a lot of these guys do have a really strong 12th house, these, the guys that we're talking about, of course, did go to prison. Um, but you were asking specifically, like, can you look at a chart and see, you know, prison? So just to touch on that quickly, I have Saturn in the 12th house, which would be like classic prison aspect. Mm. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say, I'm probably not going to go to prison in this lifetime, but it's very possible I did in a previous life, maybe not my last life, but in a previous, I don't know. Also, the 12th house can house your prenatal experience, your in utero experience, um, what your mother was experiencing, you know, during the birth or right up to the birth. Um, So there's a lot of things that the 12th house can tell you, but as a standalone, you wouldn't be able to just look at the 12th house and go, oh, murderer. Okay. Um, Or, oh, going to jail. Um, I did, when OJ Simpson was up for, parole, I did predict that he would get paroled. And I can't remember what the aspect was at the time, but, um, it had something to do with a transit to the 12th house. And I can't remember obviously, but, um, you can definitely tell, but you also need a date. You would need a date of, um, of the crime or a date of the trial. That would be the the birth chart. And then you overlay that date on their natal chart and see what's clicking. So it's a little, it's complex, but, um, anyway, the serial killers do seem to have strong 12th house 
placements, which I think is more about the imagination and getting lost in a non-reality than it is about going to jail. Okay. The Can other thing. Go ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> What I was going to ask was off topic. I was going to say, can you can you predict elections using charts? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I failed last time, just like almost every other astrologer. But there is <laughs> there is a guy. I don't even know if he's astrologer. Actually, there are some that that have really good luck with it. Um, it's so hard, I think, with that as Americans because we're so emotionally invested in it, um, especially right now. So I would be very hard pressed to try to do it because I tried to do it in 2016 and I was very wrong. Um, it wasn't just with astrology, but it was just like the energetics of the time and, you know, um, the rise of the feminine and all this stuff. And looking back, I can kind of see how we got to where we are and, and why this is pushing our evolution. Um, it's just really gross. Um, but even so, looking at, at Trump's chart and his transits, I can see why he got elected. Would you do a chart, you know, with computers, how you can like go into the mm -hmm. future? Would you do a chart for uh, November 4th or whatever mm -hmm. and then overlay that over each individual's chart and see yeah. what aspects and transits? And OK, yeah, that's it. That's a transit chart. So you just plug in the date and it overlays it on their birth chart and you can see what kinds of things are mashing together. Um, but there's some things that I missed with Trump because I think I was blinded by hope <laughs> in 2016. And it's, it's really hard to look at an event like that without bias, you know, like, yeah, you know, ask, ask me something like, I don't know. Like I, I was able to look at OJ Simpson. I, you know, I'm not a fan, but I didn't really have an emotional stake in it per se. Um, I don't know. It's really hard with something like an election to remove all your bias. Now, if I were going to look at an election in another country where I didn't have any emotional investment, it would probably go a lot better. But right. as an American in the current climate, for me, myself, I, I don't think I can be unbiased about it at this point. So, but yeah, election astrology is very, very popular. I am doing a show on that probably, I think it's October 8th where I'm going to look at you know, what's cooking. I, I don't know if I will make predictions because it was just so heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> but I will look at, okay, each one of the people has this, that, and this going on. And this is what the transits are on November 4th. And we have Mercury retrograde, um, up to the day of the election, which means ultra chaos on election day. Cause it's stationing direct on election day, which is hanging chad central and then uh mars will also still be retrograde until shortly after the election so it's going to be very interesting um, i think it's going to be a little bit of a protracted result yeah that I, much i will predict <laughs> so, so in the case anyway. of a serial killer then you would need the date of the crime and then you yeah. would you have to have the specific time not necessarily i mean it would be helpful but um just and then the what date. do you look for? Um, in terms of, are they going to get caught? Or just if they did it or not, even. Um, so would you look at, uh, what would, what planets would be important? Saturn, the moon? Uh, oh, Pluto. Or Pluto. Pluto and Mars. Okay. Mars, <clears throat> Mars rules um, anything sharp, cutting, surgery, um, sh um, violence, aggression, and Pluto is all about power. So you're definitely going to see um, an emotional aspect, which would be the moon with Mars and Pluto and probably some other stuff too. So um, there, there are two formulas that some genius people have found that all these serial killers have in common. So we're going to touch on that a little bit here. But the one that I thought was interesting was there's an asteroid, Pallas Athene. Um, named after Athena, um, that doesn't really get a lot of, you know, talk. I had the, never heard of it before, in fact. Right. The goddess asteroids, I've started to work them into a lot of my chart readings um, because I do think that they have a lot of overlooked importance. This one is particularly interesting because two different studies found that palace aspects to Pluto 
showed up in a predominance of the charts. So this one study I looked at, I mean, it's a full-blown scientific study with sampling and a control and a, you know, a standard deviation and like the whole mm-hmm. nine. So the, the beginning of it reads, in this study, hypotheses of astrologers about the predominance and specific astrological factors in the birth charts of serial killers are tested. In particular, mutable signs, the 12 principles, a specific moon aspect are expected to be frequent among serial killers as compared to normal population. And it goes on in really geeky terminology from there with, you know, um, standard deviations and margin of error and all kinds of nerdy stuff that I haven't even looked at since I took (laughs) statistics, but it was, it's a full blown and it's not done by an astrologer. It's done just by, um, a nerd (laughs) (laughs) who just looked at the data, just the data. So not an astrologer. And what they found at the end, it is concluded based on the two data sets. So they had the control and then the, the serial killers, the two data sets, um, that some of the claims of astrologers cannot be rejected. So in essence, that supports the hypothesis, at least some of the hypotheses, because there's several there. There's three or four. Um, When you can't reject it based on all the statistical analysis, and they did a lot (laughs) because I looked at the whole thing, um, that basically says you can support this hypothesis. Um, So that was very interesting. And so why palace? So palace okay, Mars is aggressive, violence, war, anger, our drives. Pallas is more like how you temper those instincts with reason. She was the goddess of war, um, victory. She was the goddess of wisdom. So in, in the case of serial killers, it's, it's thought that Pallas allows the person to notice patterns and see a big picture and able to be creative and have problem-solving ability and, you know, to maneuver in and out of tricky situations because they can see the patterns and predict other people. And it's very interesting. Okay, um, okay so but what it, about Mars? But it, is, it can point to, to some genius for sure. Is, um, is Mars in the same house or the same sign in a lot of these serial killers? Well, so... Mars doesn't actually come up in any of these formulas that we're talking about. I would expect to see Mars in the act itself. Like if you had the date and time of the murder of so-and-so, I would definitely expect to see a very strong Mars aspect and a Pluto aspect. Um, Looking back at it, you know, like my dad's, I would never, ever, ever predict someone's death. Even if I thought I could, I would never would. But after my dad died, I looked at his, the transit, because I know exactly what time he died to see kind of what I could see. And there is definitely a lot of interesting Pluto. And then when I look at it in sinistry, overlaying my mom's chart with my dad's death, I can see the death of her partner. And it, it, it definitely oh, shows God. up. There's a lot of Pluto involved. So in the act itself, I would definitely see Mars. Um, I'm sure that these, I mean, obviously these people definitely have um, impulse control problems, but what doesn't show up predominantly, like you're asking, is Mars, um, which is interesting. But this genius astrologer named Alan Lynn came up with uh, this formula called the quote bloodbath formula. I love that name. <laughs> Horrific, but it's funny, but not funny. There must be, he, he lists like, I don't know. It must be 50, um, serial killers from all over the world, all different time periods that they have data for. It's a long list. So the four that we're talking about, and then some, I mean, so many that all adhere to this formula. And I'm like, whoa, they like oh. cracked the code. So um, here's, here's what it's comprised of. Pallas compromised. So that's that asteroid that I was just talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, Pallas and her ruler, ruler in any aspect with Pluto. Um, discordant aspect with Jupiter. So Pallas and Jupiter in a difficult um, 
aspect, which would be like, um, 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 like an in conjunct or, um, a square. That was the one I was trying to think of, um, or palace aspect to the South node stronger than the North node. But Pluto is the common denominator in these, in these palace aspects is so interesting to me. Um, it removes the Palladian objection to initiating aggression, according to this guy, which mm. is so interesting. Mm. Um, the number two thing that he lists, and I love the way he lists this, is Venus liquefied, <laughs> which is so gross. Yeah. Um, but apropos, <laughs> um, Venus and her rulers in aspect to Neptune and or the South Node. And there's some other things in there. I'm not going to read everything, but it softens the concept of property rights, including the right for the other person to control their own bodies. Does oh, that make wow. sense? Yeah. So yeah. with Venus, which rules the second house, which is about your stuff and, and your values and your physical body ruled by Taurus, when that is compromised by particular aspects to Neptune or the South node, your rights to your personal body get kind of foggy. And that's where this happens. Oh, leaving you open and susceptible to somebody taking your, well, this is more about the murderer. So this would be more like their, their feeling about other people's rights to their own body. Like okay. their okay. entitlement to somebody else's person. Does that make sense? Got it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to look at the victim's charts, too. But this is more about the perpetrator. Okay. Um, Pluto, Venus. Um, so that's like destruction of property, including human body. Um, Pluto, Moon, which is... Oh, my notes just went all over the place. Um, moon and her rulers, an aspect to Pluto. Um, or the fourth house. Fourth house. The moon rules the fourth house. I did see, when I looked at... Ted Bundy. There was a lot of fourth house. And I'm going to divert from my list here for a second. When I watched the Ted Bundy movie, um, Ted Bundy's birth mother was very, very young. And at the time, of course, that was a big no-no. So um, she had the baby and her mother raised Ted. And Ted grew up believing that his grandmother was his mother and his mother was his sister. So uh -huh. when he found out the truth, it fucked him up pretty oh, hard. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was watching the movie, which I think this was the Zac Efron movie, there was two, there was two Ted Bundy things that came out around the same time. They're both excellent. Um, I remember watching this thinking, and this is the, the curse of being an astrology nerd. I remember watching this thinking, dude, he's got mommy issues and I want to see his fourth house. So sure enough, he has a, an afflicted fourth house, as I would call it. Um, let's see what else. Pluto's son. So Pluto's son is a, the classic power dynamic. Um, the person wants to be either very powerful or very destructive is ruled by a desire for power. Um, and lots of people would have a Pluto son aspect, but it has to be in this, it has to exist with these other aspects too. It can't just be a standalone thing. It's yeah, just, it's okay. a whole formula and there's six different things listed here. And then the last one, this says optional angular or prominent mercury. Um, this says this one tends to appear in the charts of mass murder events rather than the charts of persons. Um, he doesn't really have a theory on it, but it's something he's seen. So it's more like an event than a person's chart. Um, so when all five factors are present, there's an increased likelihood of mass murder. This pattern, I'm quoting this, this astrologer, this pattern appears in the natal charts of serial murderers and in moments when mass murders occur. After somewhere around 100 case studies, I found that exceptions are unusual. So that tells you how long the list was that I was referring to. Um, oh. Now, we'd, um, I, they don't really call him a serial killer, but the... Oh, and his name just slipped my mind. Okay, the guy, Ted, Ed, hmm, Jones. Jones was the last name. He had all the people drink oh. the Kool-Aid. Now, he, he incited a mass yeah. suicide. So 
I, Jim Jones. And Jim Jones. He would, he would probably fall under um, cult leader. But let me see if he's in this list just for shits and grins. It'll take a minute for this to come up because it's big. Um, he's only one guy. I mean, it would take him a lot of time to get through all those people. So he just know, manipulated everyone to commit suicide yeah. at his beckoning and got the job done. And he didn't even get his hands bloody. So he's he's listed under other um, as opposed to a serial killer, exactly, because he wasn't, you know, hands-on. Jim Jones has Palace, Semi-Square, Jupiter, and Pluto, um, some other stuff. Um, Pluto is Sextile, Sun, and Square Venus. Uh, yeah, that's about all it says about that. So, yep. Um, okay, so let's get into these four just a little bit, because we didn't yeah. get to do this yesterday. So, Ted Bundy. This is one of my favorites because that sounds weird because, um, because he was so charismatic and because, because I, I think I'm a little more familiar with this material than some of the others. Um, he was a Sagittarius. Um, and I think this, yeah, this, what I'm reading here is a quote from Alan Lynn, this guy who came up with this bloodbath formula. Sagittarius Ted Bundy's volatile Mars pairs up with a rootless philosophical Sagittarian moon by conjunction and opposes his aloof Uranus and Gemini. Certainly a fitting symbol for someone known as a, quote, murderous stranger. His Mercury and Jupiter were both in obsessive and passionate Scorpio, another appropriate symbol for someone who could not stop thinking about his dark sexual needs and traveled far and often to fulfill them. Among the things that stand out in Bundy's chart is a stellium in his fourth house. This is what I was talking about. It suggests that he was intensely shaped and influenced by his home environment in both childhood and adulthood. Ted Bundy's childhood was relatively good, except for the fact that the years he was raised to believe that his grandparents were his parents and his actual mother was his sister. He did not discover the truth until much later on, and the, revela the revelation did irreparable damage to the young Bundy's psyche, blah, 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 blah. Um, and it goes on to talk about some of the stuff that he did, but that's sort of the meat and potatoes of it. So he had Pallas ruled by Saturn conjunct Pluto. He had, uh, let's see, I'm trying to pick out interesting. He also had a really high IQ. Well, many of them do, which do you still have some of the graphics from yesterday's show? Yes. You posted, go ahead and throw them in the chat room, whatever you okay, want. Okay, sure. Like the the common characteristics like they're more yeah all those yeah um, he was like in the top two percent a lot of them are and that's another thing about palace um the asteroid that we're talking about is it definitely can point to genius she was the goddess of wisdom so wow. having strong aspects of this mixed with these other things of course but having strong aspects of palace is going to give you that genius you know tendency so yeah. not surprised. So let's see. He had, this is still Ted Bundy, Pluto square Venus, Pluto trying the moon, Pluto square Jupiter. Um, that's kind of the meat and potatoes of Ted Bundy. He And he looks, except for the eyes, you can kind of see that there's something weird about his eyes. Mm -hmm. They all have that, when I look at Ted Bundy, he looks like your average you know, nice guy, the, you know, mm -hmm. the next door, except his, there's something weird about his eyes. Yeah. He's got like an, an, almost an animalistic intense, you know what, actually, when no, I look I'm... at him, I think of like artificial intelligence type, you know, that cold, mm -hmm. uh, lifeless, like, yeah, staring back. Yeah. He, Brain with he no soul. Me. Yeah. 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 Well, when you and I were talking about, you know, does, does demonology play a role in any of this? You know, that's a whole other show in and of itself. But Ted Bundy did say that he felt like he had a dark stranger and there was a da da da. It, it, from, a, from a human empathic perspective, I guess I don't like accepting that theory because I feel like it takes accountability off of him in some way, like the devil told me to do it kind of thing just makes me bristle a little bit. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, he's the only one that I found actually, I mean, it's not like I did tons and tons of research, so I'm sure there's others out there, but he's the only one that I found that came up right away that 
you know, talked about any sort of, you know, dark sort of possession vibe. I don't know. Did Charles Manson talk about that or was he just all him? I don't really know that much about Manson kind of on purpose. <laughs> he, he, was, he was pretty much all about him. Yeah. It, he was, it was, it was him, not the devil claiming to. Yeah. I don't really know if somebody is in the chat room, um, who's, you know, a Manson expert, feel free to jump in. Um, and then before we get into some of the other guys, there's, here's some of the, the hallmarks of what causes kids to become killers. Um, humiliation and frustration, um, can generate thoughts of violence in children that form enduring fantasies, setting up later actions. Some insecure children respond to perceived strength in others, participating in activities they may not initiate on their own and remaking themselves into someone they might not have become. Um, some, quote, tough or some, quote, tough or cool images that gain prominence in media can impact identity in those with a tenuous sense of self. In recent years, we've seen kids aspiring to the status of criminal psychopath. Um, it's a really interesting article because, you know, it, it goes back to the, the old question, is it nature or nurture? And it, I, it's a little of both. I do think that these people come in with this this is my personal sort of theory. I think that these people do come in with these strong tendencies in their chart, in their DNA, however you want to look at it. And, you know, through free will and choices that they make become who they are. I think we always have choices, but yeah. certainly with certain things in your chart built up the way they are, that the compulsion I think is going to overcome the ability to reason yourself out of it in a lot of ways obviously there what we, I mean you can't edit out the spiritual component Certainly. and although there is free will of course right and with the planets and the way I look at it as there's going you can look in a chart and see the um oh, the, the potential mm -hmm. is is there for this that or the other and, but course. when it comes right down to it that decision that moment of decision um I think that's when those other factors play in your your upbringing or your genetics and I'm absolutely thinking speaking of genetics um was it Bendy has a daughter I think named Rose yeah and uh, so does this mean now because of the epigenetics that we know about f through Dr. Bruce Lipton is is she now going to have a propensity to be you know cross that line was that his genetic daughter or was that his girlfriend's daughter oh now that I don't know I can't I didn't remember. go that deep I just noticed in the lineup of facts that he has a daughter named Rose. I can't remember. I, I don't know. Um, reading some of the comments, Jan said, when you think Ted B had to have something inside him, he had a good childhood other than the mom thing. Yeah. I think it's just, it's a, it's a, it's a, a stack of things kind of against him. The mom thing impacted him hugely, but obviously he had some, vulnerabilities in his person and his makeup and his something in his spirit that pushed him in the direction of darkness as opposed to therapy or, <laughs> you know, mountain climbing or like whatever, you know, um, certainly not everyone with a shitty mom relationship goes on a killing yeah. spree. Right. So definitely there was something else going on there, whether it's an entity kind of thing or just DNA and brain chemistry. I don't know. It's so interesting. I don't claim to have the answers. I just claim to be a nerd. Um, <laughs> so again, I didn't do any specific research on Charles Manson or John Wayne Gacy. Actually, I didn't do much on these. Most of these Ted Bundy is the one I had the most information on. Charles Manson had palace opposite Jupiter and square Pluto Neptune sextile Venus and semi-square Mercury, which rules the second house. Um, I don't even know if this is meaningful, but this goes back to what I was reading about the bloodbath formula. Probably everybody's just hearing me go blah, 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 blah now, but Pluto trying Venus, Pluto conjunct, um, 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 I can't think of what this is. The opposite of the midheaven, the icy, um, and Pluto trying sun. 
look something up. Has anyone so, ever done a study on some of the victims and done any comparison charts on, on the victims? Well, certainly, um, often they have a pattern. Like, they always go after blonde women of a certain age and a certain appearance. A lot of times they end up looking like the mother. <laughs> um, so it's, you know, easy to see, you know, where their motivation came from. Um, some of them I don't, I don't know. Some of them killed boys. So John Wayne Gacy was the clown killer. Um, I have major clown phobia. I don't even know why I, I do picked too. this one. <laughs> because I, I can't really, too. I can't even. But um, his, he's Mars Uranus dominant. So he has those two things really dominant in his chart. Um, Pisces and fourth house dominant. So there's that fourth house again and the Pisces. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. Jan in the chat room that. said Rose is Ted's real daughter. Okay. I couldn't remember. Thanks, Jan. Sun and moon in the fourth house in Pisces. That's so much sensitivity and Pluto in the eighth house. Okay. So sun and moon in the fourth house. That's a very sensitive person. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then Pluto in the eighth house. So he's just got this drive for the darkness and, and so much sensitivity without a, proper outlet i don't know anything about his um his upbringing so um it says pisces john wayne gacy had his mercury in pisces and his jupiter and gemini um his deadly planetary switcheroo whatever that means combined with his own repressed murderous lust found young hitchhikers and hustlers all mercurial archetypes ideal victims the same love of versatility allowed him to slip into a number of occupations like a show salesperson, fast food restaurant owner, community volunteer, amateur clown, and his last one as a paid painter on death row. <laughs> a painter on death row? Yeah. You're kidding. Like, oh, my God. That's interesting. Um, oh, my God. So, yeah, as regards Ted's daughter and epigenetics, I don't know. Can't speak to it. Um I think the things that are more damaging are the things that remain in the dark. And I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know anything about Rose, who she is now or anything. Certainly that's going to fuck a person up, but, mm -hmm. um, but it leaves a mark on your genetics. That's what's I, so trippy. I uh, think I, I, I understand. And I think there would be for, for me, I would be interested to see, her kids and their kids, because the farther it gets away from the event and the, the less awareness there is of it, because like, I'm trying to not do the things that I thought my parents did wrong. And my kids will try to not do the things that they thought I did wrong and so on and so on. We're always trying to do better than our, our parents, the farther and farther they move away from Ted and that awareness that's to me where like that scar on the DNA could start to play. That's merely my nerdy speculation, but I would think Rose would probably not be the, the one that I would be worried about. Yeah. On down the line is where. Right. And where especially male descendants. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that would be an interesting study. I don't know that we have enough data. Um, I don't know. I definitely should have gone into this field. I, Jeffrey, I, <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer um, is an interesting one. Um, he had palace conjunct and ruled by Saturn, sesquiquadrate Pluto, um, Neptune and Venus, quincunx Mars, Pluto square Venus, Pluto sesquiquadrate the moon, and Pluto square Venus. Why is Pluto square Venus in there twice? Anyway, um, he had the moon and Saturn, let's see, moon and Saturn, Aries and the eighth house are the most dominant parts of his chart. Sun and Mercury, sun, Mercury, and Venus in the eighth house. So that's sexual fantasies, oh. obsession, necrophilia. Okay, I mean, I have a ton of shit in my eighth house. I'm not a necrophiliac. There has to be other things later than there. <laughs> but well, his eighth Aries. house was ruled by Taurus, which is what we value what we eat, our appetites. Um, I mean, being very literal there, but I mean, for real. Um, sun at zero degrees of Gemini. To me, I and I don't know about his childhood. 
this was something I meant to look up. Zero degrees of Gemini. So zero degrees of any sign is this brand new energy. Zero degrees of Gemini makes makes me go, was he motherless? That's kind of what that feels like to me. Um, he has Saturn and Jupiter in his third house. Mars square Jupiter. So there's his ego is Mars square Jupiter. Uranus in the 10th is authority issues and father issues, most likely. Um, here's he, what I do know. He about almost him. acted just not even human to be able to do what he did and cut oh, up, you know, know, the graphic nature of his I crimes know. are so, I mean, it's the stuff He's, that horror movies are he made is ab- I was just going to say, he is the classic horror movie depiction. So here's what yeah. I do know about him. Quote, in his youth, Dahmer had been a quiet and timid child whose high-strung mother had found breastfeeding exhausting and therefore refused to feed him in this way. Well, I thought that was a weird inclusion. Like, my mother didn't breastfeed me either. Whatever. When he was in, I don't know why that's included. Are we criminalizing women for not breastfeeding? Why is this valid? Anyway, (laughs) it it must have, I don't know. When he was in grade school, she became ill and anxious and once attempted suicide by overdosing on prescribed tranquilizers. So here you already have this sense of rejection. My mother won't breastfeed me. My mother is trying to kill herself. So that's a rejection from the child's point of view. Yeah. Um, his father was absent much of the time, working toward a university degree in chemistry. In grade school, Dahmer became fascinated with small animals, initially collected large insects and stored them in jars, but later moved on to roadkill, dismembering the animals, keeping their parts, blah, 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 gross. Um, fascinated by bones, once asked his father, the chemist, to show him how to bleach chicken bones for preservation. So that's kind of where it started. And then when he was very young, he got into alcohol and um it had some sexual trauma in his teens, it sounds like. And um, his first target was when he was actually pretty young in his teen years. It didn't go well. And so he sort of went about trying to refine all that. Um, I, I don't, like I said, I don't know a ton about him on purpose. <laughs> I don't know when his, his, de-evolution started from just killing into, you know, cannibalism because I just don't want to go there. But um, he has just the classic chart of, you know, he's the classic story of a nightmare. It's very weird. And I really think that there's got to be some sort of a demonic influence. With him, I would definitely say... Mm very possible or or a demonic type extraterrestrial to right be able to eat another human yeah. being is just it's pretty fucking weird no so before we run out of time there was a couple of things that i thought were very interesting so in this bloodbath formula it lists like i said a whole bunch well one of them is chris kyle the quote american sniper who of course we i at least being a patriotic person think of as a hero He did kill multiple people, so technically he is a serial killer. He does fit the formula. He has it. Um, He utilized it in a way that was, you know, within the law, at Mm -hmm. least from our perspective. Yes. Um, (laughs) True. The other person that shows up very interestingly is Dylan Klebold, the Columbine shooter. Oh. Dylan's Dylan's chart, I'm going to go out with this because it's pretty crazy. Dylan was born on September 11th, which is Ooh. tomorrow, um, at 9.11 a.m., which Ooh. is fucking weird to me. Yeah. Um, he was, he had this crazy stellium in um, the 12th house in Libra. So it's like Libra desperately wanting to be liked, but having it like stuffed into the 12th house where it just can't. It just can't find its footing. And that sense of rejection, I think, you know, is what drove him. Um, Yods or the finger of God are an aspect in a lot of people's charts. Dylan had four in his chart. Oh, my God. Yods are said to point to a sort of kind of genius or a natural skill. Dylan Mm -hmm. had four in his chart. And I can't read it. It's too small right now to see what they pointed at. But Chiron is involved in most of his, um, so there was something there's, there's definitely a a deeper message there. 
also showing up in this list was um, Kit Carson, you know, from the Old West. Um, all the major serial killers that you can think of. And Christopher Columbus fits the bill oh. as well. And I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> so I wow. thought that was really, really interesting. Whoever this Alan Lynn guy is, he is a genius in my opinion. So um, That is fascinating. Isn't it? So with that, I mean, we could go on and on, but we're obviously out of time. I am so grateful that you came into the blanket fort to discuss this creepy crap with me tonight. It was, it was fun. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me. It's been an enlightening uh, week. Uh, I know. I love it. I know. I, I gotta go watch some of this. And I've got more stuff now. <laughs> <laughs> I've got more research to do because I want to know about this. Uh, I want to know more of the spiritual aspect of this and how. Yeah. You know. Well, get back to me when you find some stuff out and let's let's dish because I would yeah. love to do this again. Let's do it from do. another angle. Okay, cool. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, thank you. This was great. Thank you guys for listening and um, have a great weekend. I don't even know what day it is, so I can't tell you when I'll be on the air again, but you know, next week and <laughs> I'll see you guys later. Thanks everyone.